Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Ramp, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour nothing but NRL tour. Another week in the books, and uh, I was one off a perfect round. For some reason, I tipped Newcastle, which I want to uppercut myself for now. Oh, well, mainly weren't going that good. No. Nah. And you would have tipped prior to Forum being ruled out, so... Oh, no reasons. I knew... No reasons I, I, did, for, uh, I did know that Forum was out. No, we did it on Monday. We did the pod on Monday, yeah. so you wouldn't have known Forum was out. Sides weren't even named when we when you got. They set up straight after the game. He was injured, but just yeah, in general, he, didn't, he, he definitely wasn't ruled out. They beat, they beat Melbourne twice, and I was just thinking uh, I might go Newcastle, but seven from eight. At least that's your, your error in that was that they were, they were at Brookie. Yeah, well, that was why I was going to tip them, but I thought Newcastle have no injuries. Uh, they should have done better. Mullen ended up not playing. That was one I didn't know about later mm. in the week. But at, five in a row. at this point, he wouldn't be helping, and uh, I saw Tyron Roberts is for sale on eBay as well. Is he? A Newcastle fan put Ty and Roberts up for sale. Tops. Uh, What's he going for? I don't know. When I saw it, it was two dollars eighty. So they're not happy with him. I'm not putting a bid. That was two days ago, though. Uh, fast five, starting things off. Highlight, low light, best, worst. Any questions? What was your highlight? Uh, the Saturday triple header. I know, obviously, the Titans got flogged in the first game, but Canberra were good. Uh, I thought, yeah, it was an entertaining game, and then the other two were close finishes, which was uh, nice to see. We had a few sherbies and watched it at my place with a pizza. It was good. It was just nice to have uh, eight games back. I, the rep round, not a massive fan of it. Oh, I enjoyed the rep round, but I always enjoy the eight games. If you told me I'd trade that for more games, I'll always take the eight games. But uh, my highlight, I found it hard to split. I enjoyed the Broncos-Panthers. Yeah, it was um, Just reminded me of that semi-final the other year. Not so much as the level of physicality when the Roosters and Manly played each other. It was low scoring, so if you were a first-timer turning on and you thought this is boring, it wasn't. It was a really, really high-quality game. I've uh, got to give a wrap to the Panthers, missing a lot of players. The kids stood stuck in the fight, got undone at the end, but also same to the Broncos, massive wrap again. Keep their winning streak alive and prove everyone wrong after they got flogged in round well, one. The Panthers, um, they're not having any luck to start the year, so hopefully they get something to finish the year. Mm. And the other one was the, the Sharks-Warriors. I couldn't split those two games, but yeah, the Sharks-Warriors, because it was a really good game of football. But uh, what about your low light? Uh, Daniel Tupo's injury. No brainer for me. Daniel Tupo, you mean um, Anthony? Anthony Tupo, I've had a brain snap. Yeah, quadruple jaw fracture. It's the worst the doctor's ever seen. He's got a couple of shattered teeth as well. So, mm. Looking um, at the photos here in the paper, not not what you need to be uh, looking at on a Tuesday morning when you're chowing down on your wheat picks. Nah, nah, very messy. Uh, my low touches somewhat on that, but it's just injury and suspension. This year's been really, really crook. Sammy Williams collapsed lung, tough little bastard. He went up playing 60 minutes with it. Um, you see, obviously, Anthony Tupo, as you said. we got Reynolds, first game back, broken thumb. John Sutton, first game back, suspected to touch Ratner. 
Oh, Retina, sorry, not Retina. Retina. Yeah, Retina. Peachy with the spear tackle, going to get some time. Hurrell with the knees, probably going to get some time. So mm. um, there's, there's a lot of talent sideline both ways, injury and suspension. So um, they're not really great in that regard. I think the comp standard's been really, really good. But, yeah, it's just been a massive injury time, a lot of suspension. Yeah, it's hard to sustain it when you've got so many injuries. Mm. What about out. Uh, your best? Uh, the Raiders attack. I thought they attacked brilliantly. And they were relentless and... Floodgates just open. They're, they're playing an open style of footy. I think Stewart's sort of thrown out this um, formula that he's tried to instill over the last couple of years. He's got Blake Austin there. Um, I think Josh Hodgson's really added a new dimension to their attack. Um, their forwards are keeping it pretty simple and they're holding on to the footy. So things are working in Canberra at the moment, but um, we'll see whether that, that can last. But yeah. it, it was like the Canberra of old, you know? Like it, Whenever he went down there, probably four or five years ago, when Campisi was at the height of his powers and Neil Henry was coaching, they were just brilliant to watch. Um, and it was took me back to those days, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm more impressed, I, I suppose, I've said the last couple of weeks. The big question mark we had at the start of the year was the spine, and the, the spine's working great. Jackie mm. White, a fullback, has been top. Well, they also haven't really had an injury to their spine. No. Nah. Well, they, they had to figure out their halves, but once they switched Cornish for Sammy, they got some stability. My only problem... Now as Cornish yeah, comes that, back the, in, the thing that that wasn't a forced change either. No, you know that, that's the beauty of it. They needed to find consistency, but when Sammy came in, they got the perfect balance between him and Austin. Uh, when Baptiste came in, they found someone else to help out with Hodgson, <coughs> and obviously Whiten's been good at the back. But the forward pack starts everything for them. Their forward pack's been brilliant, so mm. has their bench. So, um, well, just no frills. Yeah, but I, I had them and the Roosters. I thought the Roosters were yeah, Roosters bounce back. more what I expected. Uh, Orbison and Guerra came back in. Berea Hargraves had a point to prove, and uh, they certainly proved that they bashed the Tigers from pillar to post. Yeah, I, I thought that game was closer than what the scoreboard indicated. They, the Tigers just leg points in sort of two 10-minute periods, but other than that, I thought they hung in all right. But, you know, you look at the look at the scoreboard, and you go, Jesus, they got hammered. Mm. So. Well, what was your worst? The Titans' defence. It was just frustrating to watch. Uh, yeah. They weren't getting off their line. Uh, they weren't putting their body in front. They weren't tackling on their inside shoulder. They just, yeah. I, sort of after the, after the win on Anzac Day, I probably got my hopes up a little. I thought, well, you know, we might be able to give the aid a shake. But based on that performance, it's, you know, you've got to be consistent to lean yourself in the top eight. And, uh, you know, that, that performance was pretty inept, especially particularly defensively. They, they've got points in them, and everyone's been talking about that. But, um their defence was, was shocking. Yeah, well, Dave Taylor in particular was absolutely horrible. Yeah, well, Neil Henry said it half-time, so it's not a it's not a shot at the club or a shot at Henry, nah. but, you know, it's well, it was pretty... To concede 50 points... It's fair, it's fair, I was about to say, I don't know about why... You, don't be too worried about being critical when you concede 56 points in an NRL side. Yeah. They, they deserve all the flogging they get. But, yeah, it wasn't good enough. Um, after the way they've been going, I don't know if it was the week off or the Greg... Like, Greg Bird wouldn't have made that much of a difference, but they were definitely a, a different team after the break, that's for sure. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, I, I had them, Dave Taylor in particular, and uh, Corbin Sims, the old honk-honk on the, on, the, on the jump. I know it was... Who was your worst? I know it was added between friends, but come on, mate. Jesus. Can't be grabbing blokes' peckers. Oh, you must have been a good shot. You go around grabbing your mate's peckers. I know I don't. No. Packer Probably pitch. not the smartest thing. It, it took me back to when Russell Packer weed on the field or something, yeah. like, something like that. I thought, that that's you know, like it's, it's harmless, but it's not a good look. Yeah, like I said, I know they're friends, but yeah, it's just, it just got flogged all over the news, and yeah. I saw it on Fox Sports and other bits and pieces. Like, yeah, yeah. you're grabbing him on Willy on the Willy is not really the smartest yeah, idea. We don't, we don't need it with a ton of cameras around. Maybe something else for a bit of play if he's your mate. But yeah, honking him on the old fella is not really the best look mm. on TV. Did any questions you've got? Yeah, where to for Parramatta? 
Mate, well, all, all we're getting from the week after listening to Ray Price on the weekend, and uh, I think I found out they lost that election, so I'm still waiting to hear what his uh, uh, big scoop is. Cut so up Steve, the sleeve. Steve Sharp's got the control back. They won control. Oh, I think that's what I heard yesterday in the yeah. rush hour. I think in the afternoon I heard a quick glimpse. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's all done and dusted. But yeah, I don't know what's going on there. All I know is they touched on Peter Sterling. They gave him a little bit of a piece there when he says, when's the last time you saw Sterling at the club? He said, I don't know what he means in regards to that. But in general, uh, he probably hit the nail on the head what me and you were saying when we were driving out to football the other day. All these old blokes have got the vested interest in this and that. And they want a finger in everything. How about you put a footballing department in to do the football department, leave the coach to coach, get people in to run the club and leave it all separate. There's all these old blokes from this golden era that think they're entitled to bits and pieces. Like, he's on there going, it's all mine. Like, you can't coach, do this, do that, run the club, have a finger in every single bit of the pie. You've got to get people in to do those jobs. And I think all the old blokes, if anything, are causing more detriment than they are doing any good. Yeah. And that's pretty much what he said. You know, I think they're probably doing worse than what they're doing good. Uh, if I'm Brad Arthur, I'm not too happy, to be honest, with the way things are going. And there's still those uh, lingering rumours, which, you know, you can't touch on too much more, yeah, well, give he's... too much away. But there's also talk about Daniel Anderson, obviously, and him not getting along. And underlying message there would be that Daniel Anderson still wants to coach. So um, there's a lot of issues. And if I was them, I'd be more worried. Yeah, Steve, Steve Sharp, top, top of the ballot. They, yeah. they want in the landslide. Yeah, and if they're still that keen on the, the Kieran Foran deal getting over the line, which he's obviously been in contact with him, you confirmed that over the weekend, uh, they should be worried if he's got a political board clause because if they're all going to go to war and Price is going to throw a hand grenade in here, they're not going to do the club any more favours. They basically look like they're on the way up for the last two years sorting things out and they've immediately gone back to square one with the way this situation looks to be at the moment. Mm. So this could really turn ugly. Um, look, they well... It's saying here that uh, Ray Price has got plans to take the Eels to the Supreme Court if he hasn't, wasn't elected. So, yeah, yeah. Well, read, that, into, read into that what you... That, um, that's his card up the sleeve. That's read his read into that what you want. I'm super confused. But like we said it before, sometimes when he said, oh, they should let me coach them. Yeah. You play in a decade, you're an absolutely fantastic rugby league player, you would have absolutely no idea now. Hmm. Uh, as to how the game goes. It's not as simple as tackle around the leg, get your shot on there, this, that, and all the other that we heard him rambling on about the radio. Um, it's completely gone past that point. Hmm. They all need to stick their noses elsewhere, move on, stop claiming a part of the club, and just let people do their jobs in departments. That's the problem over there. Everyone wants pieces of everything. They want, they want to have a hand in everything. Everyone just needs to step back, let the football department do the job, let Brad Arthur do his job, let the club be run by people at the club. Yeah. There's way too many issues. And like I said, I'd hate to think that the last uh, 24 to 18 months of rebuilding, doing well in the juniors, uh, kind of being on the up, is all going to get smashed down by this board again. Well, and ex-players yeah. again. Just, it just seems like they go round and round in circles, but um, we'll leave them behind. The other one was, uh, do you think Harrell should have been sent off? Well, I, I, you know my opinion. I thought he, I thought he should have been sent off. I... I said to you, and I... I don't know whether it's... Said this you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's poor tackle technique. Yeah, maybe, but... Yeah. I just... Well, he, lift, he lifted his knee. Like, I, don't, I don't defend tackle technique when you're in the clear. When you're in the clear, it's hard to get technique. You just need to make some kind of impact. He was starting to make a break. He's coming from the side. Yeah, bad tackle technique, but that's no excuse. But uh, my issue was, and I said this... To our his old, intention wasn't to tackle nah, his knee. but I said to our old man last night, a few other people, how many times is he... Watch every run he takes. He dips he his shoulder, lifts the leg. Apparently today they're saying he's been warned previously. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that, but, but I'm just saying. Yeah. He's been playing great for almost three years now. 
and everyone's outraged like he lifted his knee. Every time he runs, watch him, Lamarco, oh, exactly, yeah. all those compact guys, they dip the shoulder, lift the knee, put all their points together to make an impact. Mm. It was horrible. Um, but, yeah, going off technique, cross, it could happen a million times over the last couple of years. It hasn't. But I only get worried again, like the McKinnon thing. Do we get reactive over injuries? You know? Oh, that wouldn't have worried me. What injury he had? Mm. But it, was that a send-off? Lift, I just he lifted his neck. Uh, I'm probably with you. And the other one uh, I was going like to ask... Like, if that's him, your player... Oh, I'm filthy. You're coaching and that's your player. Well, like I said again... I, or you're playing and that's your team, He mate. runs like that every single time, so... I don't know why it's taken to get to this point. Well, again, we're basing it on injury. They've warned him, but they should have basically said from the start, you lift your knee. Yeah. Stop it or we'll slam you for it. It's taken yeah. a couple of years, but look what's happening now. I think there's, he's not the only one in the league that does it. No. Like I said, a lot of those small compact guys have that technique as a way to bump people off. Mm. Um, I have that one as well, like you, but with Peachy also. I thought Peachy's was pretty bad. I know he said he didn't hear the whistle, but wow, that was an awful tackle. Yeah, it didn't end up well. Both of but those. He's got, a, he's got a clean record. I know he's got a clean record, but um, we're, we're taking that out of the <clears> equation. <throat> Just like the Frizzell one, the other week where people were saying about it. If that's not a send-off, the swinging arm, or if that kind of spear tackle is not a send-off, I, I think the send-off basically been shelved. Yeah. They really don't want to use it. I think now, well, now they just put them on report and yeah. play on. But honestly, if, 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 they, if those two plays aren't a send-off, well, they're both pretty bad. Yeah, the peachy one, I don't know. Oh, he threw him straight on his head. He went all the way out the horizontal. There I think the, no the, criticism, the criticism I've got of peachy is that he, he let him go at, at, the, at the height of the apex. He had no of control tackle. of that tackle whatsoever. Um, which I think, <clears throat> I think that needs to be taken into account. The the amount of control uh, that a player has when they when they lose control. So at the point of the tackle where they lose control, whether they could have controlled Just don't their element of control, if that makes sense. So whether at the height of the apex, Peachy letting go intentionally, or whether you know he had to let him go. I, I think he he just reacted and let him let him go. He, as you said, it should just not have lifted him. No, the whole um, technique was a mess. But there's plenty why, of... Why? Like, I mean, and then you look at the Greg Bird tackle, and that gets eight weeks, but people sort of saying, hey, that's not an eight-week tackle. Well, it's not an eight-week tackle. No, it's because of all the yeah. I'm just saying, like, for, for his technique and that, I don't know what he's thinking. Even the lift technique wasn't a decent lift technique. He was under the knees, basically. He basically yeah. used him as a human javelin. It was just, oh, it was just an awful tackle. You can just tick it off as a brain snap, and he's going to spend two X on the sideline. Um, I think but, he should have got more yeah, well, his clean record saved him. Bad tackle, but um, I mean, both those, to me, are pretty much a send-off. you got any other ones? No, that's it for me. Well, you pretty much touched on para before, but uh, taking the board out of the equation and just the results in general, will Arthur survive? Yeah. Well, you reckon? Well, who else, who else coaches there? Well, Cross, with all, everything that's going on there and all the hands that are getting involved. If uh, Well, then what you're going to have... Okay, so you sack Arthur and then you have another coach come in and say, well... I wouldn't sack want, Arthur. I want two years to... No, I'm just saying. Hypothetically, they sack him and then they another coach is going to come in and say, oh, I need two years to get my roster. They've done it four or five times in the last mm. ten years. Yeah, that's the problem, though. He just, yeah, needs, they to, look like they're just ready. need to keep him. Look like like he's he's go got around. both Scott coming in. He's got uh, Kieran Foran coming in. Obviously, Watmeyer hasn't lived up to um, his potential, but neither is the team. The team's not playing well. No. Um, I, the one for me, I, I, I've got no idea how Tepo Morrow doesn't get a run in first grade. Yeah, well, last week, their excuse, they spoke to him because he played 20s, saying he needed an 18th man and he wasn't fit. So he put him in 20s for one half, took him off for the rest of the game, left them with 16 players and had him warm up as 18th man for the Melbourne game. Just, I don't get that. So I'm a bit confused. I know he had an injury or an infection or something they were talking about and he wasn't match fit, but he played the junior kangaroos game. 
played a full game. He played Wenny that the week before, so he can't be too unfit after a couple of weeks of playing. Yeah, I, I don't know, mate. I think so, there, might be, there might be more to that than what we're... Oh, it's probably more than we're entitled to. I was going to say the same thing. Maybe they're not happy with his training or God knows what. Yeah. He, he not, never never know, but he's only a baby. But he definitely needs to be in that side. There's no doubt about it. Um, I suppose the question we've all asked a million times, the halves for Origin... Uh, I think uh, Adam Reynolds and Mitch Pearce, but looks like Adam Reynolds is going to be out. I think... No-brainer, uh, Mitchell Pearce, but whoever the other one is, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd pick Maloney, but that's just me. I'd, I'd go the Roosters pairing. Um, where well, I was, then you're going you're gonna to have Cordner then. Well, you just, picked well. The whole, you just picked the whole left-hand side. They've basically come out today I'm and said I'm not sure that, whether I'd pick Daniel Tupo. Well, or, today they basically confirmed who the wingers are on his side. They reckon they're going to stick with Hopwadi and Tupo. And that'll have Morris with Hopwadi again and the Roosters left edge. So. What about so Brett Morris doesn't get a run? He's not healthy. He's not going to be ready. He's not going to be ready. No. Okay. Even yeah, if he's back for game three or something, they're not going to waste him. Josh yeah. Morris is supposed so to be So when's, when's he back? I oh, thought, I thought Brett Morris was back for Origin. Nah, not back for Origin. Josh Morris is the one they've been waiting on, but he's apparently going to play right again with uh, Hopawato and that left edge of the Roosters. I don't. That's why I don't get why you could pick Hodgkinson or have that pairing that I said earlier on, Hodgkinson and Pierce, because Pierce doesn't play with that side either. You'd yeah. be better off just biting the bullet, having Tupo, Jennings, Corden and Maloney stationed on the left. And then have that right edge pretty much the same as it was. Yeah. Uh, again, but uh, the back rowers situation, I, I don't know. I think we, we both spoke about Scott and Hoffman. Hoffman got their player of the year last year. I'm not really big on Scott, but he would have been in the Australian side. So I'm guessing that one of those two is going to be in, or one, one of them might. Oh, Scott out. would have been in the Australian side. That's what I was saying. He was going to be in the Australian side. Wow. Much like Fafita before he got suspended, and then he played City Country. So. Mm. Um, I'm a bit confused as to where we're heading with this. I, I think it's time to get Jackson, Cordner, Marin in there if Gallon's not starting. They're, they're the ones I'd go with. Yeah. And then the bench, same deal. Like, I know they probably will end up picking Lewis, but uh, I think we're past the point of Scott and maybe even Hoffman unless you, you're starting <coughs> one of them. But even then, we, we, we've got to get to that point eventually where we start blooding other players. Because yeah. it's going to come next year or the year after where there's going to be no Watmau, no Hoffman, no Scott. No gallon, and then all of a sudden we're going to have all these kids, probably Bar Cordner, that have played no origin. Yeah, well, they, it, it's all in on game one. Game one's a series. Mm. Lose game one, we're gone. And we're home, so. so. Well, that's the thing. That's why it's all in. It's, yeah. it's, mate, it's all in on game one. And I had fullback listed here, but I'm sick of having this argument. Moylan's not my fullback. It's no, Dugan. Dugan's a fullback. Dugan's a fullback. I keep reading these articles and all these excuses and all this reason. Dugan's the fullback. Mm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's the best fullback to play Origin for New South Wales. Yeah, I agree Simple. with that. All right, we'll get on the reviews of the games. We kicked off Friday night, as we mentioned. Uh, Sydney Roosters, 36-4 to <laughs> over the Tigers. And I think this just started from moment go. They went 100 metres first set. Bashed him. Forwards are brilliant, particular uh, Jared Rhea Hargraves. I thought he was probably the best player on park. Um, if the probably, Har- probably. He was definitely the best player on the park. If the halves c- couldn't have done too much more either to stamp their authority as to whether Laurie Daly's going to pick the, the Roosters pairing. Obviously, we're going to have the game this week. They do play the Bulldogs, but I, I thought they couldn't have done much more in this game. Cordner proved uh, he should be on the Australian side. Tupo scored a hat-trick, had his best game this year, so... Um, I, think, I think all things point to yes for picking those guys for the Blues. And uh, As far as the Roosters, good to see a response. Aiden Guerra came back well, so did Orbison. Bench was much stronger having those guys back. They got back to have a Napa, Evans, Tokyo. They have a great bench when they've got a full-strength side. Mm. But, um, yeah, Tigers. Mitchell Moses, he, he got bullied and targeted as usual. Um, yeah, I'd, but people are sort of saying, oh, get rid of him. 
Well, they can't. No. They, they let Austin go and they went all in with these halves. So guess what? Now you have to persist. Yeah, but they they went in knowing that he probably wasn't. Not not that he's not ready, but he's going to take time. Well, he's, they've only, everyone's got to remember as well, and they've touched on this. Tedesco's barely played twenty games now because of injuries. Brooks has played, I think, just close to thirty, and Moses only played like fifteen. Yeah, they've barely played. That's right. But like I said, they went all in when they cut Austin and went with him and Brooks, which they're always going to do because they're their juniors. That's your pride and joy, usually. He's not going to develop in one year. He's still eligible to play 20s, I think, at the moment. Yeah, makes so sense. So he needs uh, to grow physically. That's going to come with time. But they've bit the bullet. They've put him in. Good on But um, I just thought, yeah, they, I never thought they were in it, to be honest. I know, like you said, there was those two spurts, but I just felt the Roosters Yeah, were... I just didn't think. I'm not saying the, the, the Tigers were the better team. No. I, I just don't think that the scoreboard reflected the game. I, I yeah. thought I didn't think they deserved to get beat by that much. <clears throat> well, I just yeah, I just felt physically in particular. They were I thought for sixty minutes they they competed, and for twenty minutes they were blown off the park. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, well, I, that's my opinion. I watched yeah, the game. That's that's what I took out of it. I just so. kind of felt like, especially in the middle, or just in general, physically, I just never thought they had a chance. They they were just controlled the whole way through the game. Yeah. Um, that, that forward pack and like I said particularly Jared that first carry where he had four blokes on him popped the ball around the corner signals his intent and um, Jake Friend the more time he's been playing I think he's been great since the first week he got back but they just look so much better with Jake Friend and that sort yeah. uh, the first few weeks even though they were winning I, d- I just think again it, pr- it proves more and more how valuable, he, valuable he's become over the past couple of seasons yeah, so. I think the value is by Hargreaves if like the fact that they almost lost into a pack injury could have been huge. He's he's an absolute dominator, that man. Mm. The Tigers, they play Newcastle. Probably not a bad time to get the Knights after coming off that loss. It's uh, probably it, not a good time. It, Five it, losses in a row. Well, well, they're not getting any uh, getting any love and they're not playing any better. So no. if I'm the Tigers... Uh, it's Is that home or away, that one? Uh, it's in Newcastle. Okay. But, yeah, they have lost five in a row. Sydney Roosters play the Dogs, as we said. So looking forward to watching that one. Uh, is that? That's Friday night, ONZ? Yeah, Friday night. I think, I think the halves are already settled. I don't think anything's really going to change unless something absolutely super dramatic happens. But, mm. um, yeah, I, I'd be going the Roosters halves. That, that's just me. Same thing you said. Uh, the other Friday night game, Broncos-Panthers, as we mentioned. What a game. 8-5 uh, defensive, just absolute battle. Yeah, it was. Um, it, was um, it was interesting comments. Wayne Bennett said that Penrith went there to spoil the game. Mm. Um, you know, in, in order to get the two points, my my response to that would be, well, if it gets you the two points, then well, given the situation, the still, given their roster, given their injuries, still given, missing six players, they got back Taylor and Sauer, but they're still yeah. missing probably six top flight players. So you got to work with a few got. people. Palmed it off as humour, but um, I don't know. I it was a strange comment to me because Penrith led with forty seconds to go. So. Mm. Well, he's probably um, going off two penalty goals and no tries. And well, I mean, goals. and that that's a contradiction in itself in the fact that he all of his teams take two points. Mm. I'm with you. I'm not knocking it. But, yeah, I, I thought in that side of things, if you watched it, I thought it was a very good game. I touched on the main two points. I just thought Penrith, all the young kids, it was a hard loss to take, but they definitely didn't stop trying. No. They were all right in the fight. Jamie Sowart, I thought, was really good on his return. Uh, yeah. Elijah Taylor, pretty good as well. Elijah Taylor, for he just worked his backside off the whole game. It, mm-hmm. was, a, it was an incredible performance. And the Broncos, I've always been a big fan of Josh Maguire, but in particular, if he doesn't get an Origin debut this year, I don't know when he will get one. I thought he should have been in there previously before McQueen and Dave Taylor, and he, he's never got his opportunity. But if he doesn't get a jersey this year, I'll be absolutely stunned. Well, yeah. according to Mal Meningo, he's not going to get a jersey. Well, I've been hearing the opposite. <clears throat> That's what he's been saying. That he's probably going to be his only debutant. 
Okay, well, I hope so, because on form, he deserves a shot. But Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. If, if Dave Taylor, like I said... I, I, my understanding was that he's going to pick the same 17, obviously, that played the last game. But obviously, you've lost um, Teo. Yeah. Who else? That's that a moment. Teo's out. And was Dave Taylor there for that, or was he there for game two? I don't think he was there for the last one, no. Yeah, well, if Teo's gone, or if Taylor was there, I'd still have him in there. So you probably got two spots. He'd have to be in. That are open, yeah. yeah. He couldn't have done any more no. to play on that side. But he was brilliant. Uh, Benny Hunt needs to work on his field goals. That's one thing I've taken out of it. Yeah, if they're going to be a halves pairing, it's it's good they scored the try. It was a great finish to a you know a brilliant game, but he definitely needs to work on his field goal. Mm. That's for sure. I uh, didn't think Milford was too bad again either. I think he's slowly warming to the the role. He's probably going to take the year. Yeah, it's, it's going, going to take some time. He's uh, being coached and trained like we know by a lot. And here I, and I like the fact that Bennett, you know, Bennett just always just comes out and says, "I don't care what you guys think." No, he does. He's doing what. They I know what to do, and and that's that's that, which is great. Well, that's all. That's all Milford needs to worry about. Yeah, and that's the same thing that Jason Taylor said every time they attack Moses and Brooks. Is they don't care. They know where yeah, they stand. Yeah. We've changed the game plan. They got probably suits Luke a bit more at this point in time. Mm. Uh, Mitch is getting used to it, but he really doesn't care what anyone thinks. They're the halves, simple as that. They're working on it. He tips them out, blah blah blah. But they're not going anywhere, no. which is exactly what they need to know. Of course they do. Um, yeah, I, I think, and, and B, like I said before, Boyd's only going to get better. It was his first game back, probably a steady game, not that great. Um, the, the healthier he gets, like I said, the better they form a combination, there's going to be more relief at the back for both Hunt and Milford. So things are only going to get better for the Broncos now he's there. We all know he's probably one of the better ball-playing fullbacks, and he does play a short side better than most as well when he gets numbers. He's very good at summing things up. But uh, they've got the Cowboys this week. I'm, I think this is the game of the round. Broncos, Cowboys. Up there at North Queensland, that'll be an absolute cracker game on Friday night. The Panthers, they play Manly. Uh, they got it over Manly the other way, but Manly, slowly but surely, uh, building back nicely. Mm. So if Manly are going to start to make a run, they need to start now. Well, both sides, really. Like, I mean, Penrith need to just stay at 50-50. Mm. Um, you, don't, you definitely want to go two games under a 50-50 record, especially heading into Origin. So, yeah, well, but I think Pen- um, Penrith got the buy, so <clears throat> it's... You know, important yeah. game for good timing, and we also know that uh, supposedly Seguiaro, Farre, and maybe one or two others back on board. <coughs> so slowly but surely, they're starting to recoup some players to help out. Uh, Saturday, Canberra Raiders fifty-six to sixteen over the Titans. I was absolutely blown away. I think we touched on it before. Yeah. Defensively, they were they were, they were awful. Basically, yeah. Dave I mean, Taylor in particular I led a couple of walkthroughs just from. Absolute just rubbish defence. Terrible decisions. Um, the yeah. forward pack murdered him. Vaughney and uh, the likes, they actually killed him to the middle. Boyer, Nua Salah, uh, Soliola, every one of the forwards had a good game. Halves controlled things as usual. Sammy's kicking game is brilliant. Austin just gets to run his own show. He, he had another spectacular game. He was the best on ground for me. Another mm. um, man match performance. It was the first time Croker got some ball too. This year, obviously, a lot of it's been going to the right with Blake, but uh, he saw some footy and showed his quality. On the weekend, and like we said, the spine, the hooker rotation, the halves, everything's working. So I'd be interested to see how Cornish fits back in this week because Sammy's very underrated in uh, how stable things are at the moment for Canberra. Yeah, no brainer. Easy. Yeah. On the Titans. Titans didn't defend. Um, yeah. Canberra. I tell you what, though, <clears> Ryan James. <throat> Ryan James was on the angry pillars, wasn't he? I didn't mind that. Like, I, there was parts there where I thought, yeah, okay, you've gone overboard, but yeah. someone needed to step up. I know someone needed to step <laughs> up. There was a few times there. Just peanuttery, looking to get himself penalised, basically. No, there's a few times there where the Canberra players were just as bad. I, I didn't really have a major problem with, with a lot of it. I think that's sort of what the Titans are lacking in 
in some respects. Mm. Well, they're playing Cronulla at home this week. Uh, they both need a win. Like the Titans, obviously, are that good that are on, but after last week, you'd be looking to bounce back. Getting beat by 56 is uh, not exactly great. For the confidence, the Sharkies, after having their little run now, they've started twice, had two games that were very winnable, they've let go. So they also need to keep winning uh, to stay in touch with things. Canberra, they go play the Dragons. They basically play the Dragons in the form before they went on that winning streak. Mm. They're coming off a loss, um, and it's going to be at Wynn Stadium. So don't know quite how I'll go, but it's absolute polar opposites, isn't it? It's the attack of Canberra versus the defense of the Dragons because the Dragons are lacking massively in points. So I think the most points they've scored this season were against Canberra, that second half. Mm. Um, I do like Canberra, though, in that match. Sammy Williams... Being out probably hurts, but I don't know. I probably will still stick with Canberra. But speaking of the Sharks, they went down twenty to sixteen to the Warriors, and what a fantastic game! Obviously, uh, the Hurrell moment with Anthony Tupo. Yep, not exactly uh, a great moment. Not what we want to see, but to some things, huh? they they shouldn't have lost that game. They had it. Well, they had it. They needed to shut it out. And in the last 10 minutes... Uh, they I, lost it, they had it, and then they lost it. So. I pick on Johnson a lot, but when he gets himself involved, you see what happens. 10 minutes, he got himself involved in the game. He won the game for him. Yeah. He made a brilliant run where he cut through three or four defenders and put a pinpoint kick in to the corner for them to score. And then moments later, um, he just took the line on again, which is what he does best, run the football. Yeah. Uh, carved them apart and scored again. So it was a good win, I think, for them, purely coming off the test match. Uh, being over here, having to travel, everyone goes straight away, straight against them every time they have to travel. So anytime they win on a road, it's a plus, and they're going to have to play again over here this week. But um, Hurrell, he's obviously going to be out suspended. Manu Vartivai had a sternum injury, so they're two big losses if they lose those two. Mm. Um, Sam Tompkins, I heard, was going to be back, but now they reckon that he's going to have another week off. So I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, important win for them, especially away from home. Mm. Well, now they've got those two probably out. No Lamarpe, I suppose they're going to have to bring Fissy Tour back into the mix. <clears throat> and uh, maybe Peru might have to take that other side. I'm not too sure. Mm. I think uh, Marmolo, Ken Marmolo, the young kid who trialed really well, he's healthy now, so maybe he might get a debut this week. Yeah. Not too sure that's an option for him, but I'd probably go Fissy Tour and Marmolo. I'd probably avoid putting Peru out in the centres there, but... I uh, have to see how that one plays out. They're going to play the Parramatta Eels away again. Uh, I like their chances, to be honest. I know Parramatta's got a pretty good record over them at Pertec, but the way they're going at the moment, I'll take the Warriors any day of the week. Uh, and Sharks, like we said before, they're going to play the Titans up there. They need to keep winning. Um, it, it's very, very hard when you lose a game to Penrith that you probably should have won, and they've done it again with that Warriors game, that they hurt just as much as getting barreled when uh, you're starting to lose games that you thought you had well and within your grasp. But... On to next week for them. Uh, they definitely need to get back on track and keep getting wins. But Saturday night finished off. It was the Cowboys versus the Dogs, 23-16. The Cowboys uh, on a, a big win streak after losing three in a row. They've now won six in a row. Yep. Um, amazing turnaround from a very poor start to the season. And probably the biggest highlight coming out of this one is that Jonathan Thurston didn't have uh, the, the best of nights. But Michael Morgan really taken to that number six as he originally was a number six before he filled in. At fullback last year, he was best on ground, I think. Yeah, he was. He saved that game. Um, It was a weird game. They kicked out to a big lead, gave it up, uh, and then came back over the top of the dogs at the end. It was a good game to watch. Yeah, and I keep saying it, and I will keep saying it, they look better than Boy. And Boy just looks much better than Reynolds to me in the halves for the Bulldogs. I don't know what's going to happen with... It's hard to argue. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Hodkinson's contract situation or... 
whether the murmurs that they said they were growing a bit thin with Reynolds because all the suspensions and problems, but um, I tell you what, Mbai is definitely my plans going forward. I don't know about the other two mm. and what they're going to do, but I think Mbai has to be in there every week. He looks so much better. Josh Jackson was outstanding again. Uh, at a very good game. And the other one, I think, close to one of the buyers of the year, probably not so much appreciated in the wings, Curtis Rayner. Leading try scorer, gets yeah, in, all. helps out in yardage. He's, he's a very good player. Yeah. Very good player. But um, you, you're damn right. They they got out to a really good lead, and I thought it could have been anything. And all of a sudden, uh, they were down. Yeah, the game and, changed. And really peddling. Oh, it was on the back of an intercept. It, it could have easily gone the other way. But, you well, know, they reacted well to it. The Cowboys, they, they could have easily given up the ghost, but they, they stuck in and... In the end, I lost it. Yeah. Michael Morgan, really, really good. Uh, I thought James Tarnell was very, very good as well. He was. That's yeah. that's a game in years gone by the Cowboys would have lost. Oh, 100%. So. They would have lost that game, no doubt about it. But uh, Bulldogs, they get Graham back this week. I think yeah, much big, needed. Because uh, more Wayne, creativity in the middle of the field. Yeah, well, and Byer brings more, but having him there again. Leash is solid, but he doesn't really create, and the halves aren't really creating. I think Leash would be better with Graham there. Um, and I think, obviously, it's no brainer. The halves are going to be better with with him there as well. so I still think they're too pass-happy in the middle. I just don't understand. I, I, I hate saying this yeah, every but I think single time, but they Graham's don't... Got, Graham's got the ability to to go to a B defender uh, yeah, and I, then just make a decision or and run hard or tip it out the back, and he just straightens them up, I think. I get that, but when you've got Cassiano, Brown, Eastwood, all these monsters, I really don't feel that they run with Mungle, get over the ad line, find their front. They're all too busy messing around the ball trying to finesse things. Yeah. Tony Willett, like all of them do it. They shouldn't do it. He should simplify it, smash the ruck up, let Leisha poke his head out and then shift the football. That's how they got to the grand final last year. I yep. don't know what it's going to take for him to sit down, watch that video and go, hmm, we just bashed it in. They crushed Melbourne and they crushed me in the same way. Yep. And then when they played Penrith, they did the same thing. They picked on the halves, picked on Seattle and I turned it into a really bully game, played very basic. But when their forward practice does their job, it's much easier for those less creative halves to just give early ball out to the edges and take advantage of the fast play ball. And now they've got a young nine and Leisha likes to poke his nose out, but realistically he's had no opportunities because they don't destroy the run. They're all too busy trying to finesse the ball. Yep. Um, it really frustrates me. I'd love to have a side with a forward pack like that, but I just think you use it in the wrong way. But the Roosters this week, like we said, I, I, I really think the Roosters halves have to be on that left edge. So um, that's just me. We heard Hodkinson and Pierce. Uh, will they stick with incumbents? God knows if this game's going to have a bearing, but uh, I'd be leaning towards the Roosters. Of course it's going to have a bearing. Yeah, it'd have it's to. head to head. Broncos, Cowboys, game of the round for me, along with this other one. Both very good games. Uh, Cowboys proved me wrong. I, I thought they might have struggled losing Tarmalolo, losing Bolton, but they got across the line. But a much tougher test probably this week with the Broncos. But Sunday, Manly, 30-10 to 10 over Newcastle. It was all Manly. Yeah, it was, again, a strange game. I'd... Manly sort of seemed to score their, a lot of their points early and then the game sort of flattened out a little bit um, mm-hmm. and then they, they scored in another bunch of, uh, of points and the game flattened out a bit. I just got questions over Newcastle's attack. They're struggling to score points. Well, early on, same deal, a bit of a Barry Basics forward pack, but they were winning the middle and then just giving early ball to the edges and uh, all of a sudden that doesn't seem to be happening. Mm. They're not having as much success through the middle. Their halves are definitely struggling. Um and, yeah, they, they made a switch to get uh, Matoudia in there on the weekend with Mullen out and Gidley in the halves, which obviously didn't work out too well. Gagai played fullback, and uh, he was pretty solid. That's what he played as a junior, but not with much opportunity, obviously, though, on the back foot for most of the game. Um, but to me, it was probably the Sims brothers that stood out. 
Yeah. I think Corbin's been really, really good, and, and Tarek was probably their best player on yeah, the ground. But uh, on the manly side of things, I don't know if there's still any issues between maybe Stewart and Cherry Evans or whatnot, but those two were both brilliant. They linked up very, very well. Cherry Evans, uh, best on ground. I thought Stewart wasn't far behind. And that forward pack, like we said, they've shot it twice against Melbourne, where I thought at the start of the year, they don't need to dominate a game. If they can hold <coughs> with some of the bigger forward packs, they've got one of the best one to sevens in the competition. Mm. Hiku was brilliant. Tafu was really good. Lyon was good yeah, on his way back. that's the back. issue. That's the gaping hole. What do you mean? Their forward pack. Yeah, as long as they hold. But they've yeah. held it, like I said, no one, everyone that says they're bad, they've held it against twice. Bad, against, but twice. they're just inconsistent and they don't really have it. It's a no-frills forward pack. So. Yeah, but they've held twice to me against <laughs> Melbourne. If there's one of the better tests right now with that forward pack, they can definitely hold it. Yeah. I think getting Leary but back. they've won three games. So. Getting Leary back definitely helped. Yeah. He was a grinder. Yeah, he was. Uh, Liggy Sow was good. I mean, just in, in general, Trebojevic well, is hopefully better. Hopefully they can keep some blokes on the field. That's, that's going to be the key to it. The, yeah. the reason they're struggling is injuries. Yeah, 100%. No doubt about it. They've lost Bureau, unfortunately, for the year. and uh, They haven't had a great run. But, yeah, if they can just hold it in games, they don't need to dominate the middle. If they can give their backs an out, a chance and the halves a chance, they're going to get results like that. 30 to 10, they were very, very good. Newcastle, I don't know where they go from here because bar Mullen, they're basically missing nobody. Mm. So I, I don't know what, what you do. I really don't. Um, you know, you they, have to fight another day. That's what you do. They move Tyler Randall to nine. Uh, bench Clydesdale. I don't know whether they can bring Denny Levi in and say if he can create anything around the middle. The young junior Kiwi. Yeah, got I, I big, think it's a no-brainer. You've got big wraps on. Um, do they change something in the halves? That they, they don't really have a choice, I don't think. They've got to stick with... Uh, the only one... I watched New South Wales Cup when I was commentating the other week. It was Jaylene Feeney, who's not a 20s half. He was okay, but I don't think he's any better than Tyron Roberts at this point in time. The other one was Carlos Tumavala, mm. who was playing six, but he's not going to play half of her. So I think they just They've got a to... pretty strong cup side. So, <clears throat> well, I mean, after five losses in a row, you've got to try something. Yeah. I'm not, not too sure what they're going to do, but everyone's really going after Tyron Roberts. Yeah. As I said, they've got him up for sale on eBay this week. But, um, yeah, they're going to need a turnaround this week. They've got to play for Tigers. At home, usually uh, not a bad thing for them, but after five losses in a row, I don't know how their confidence will be and what kind of mood the Tigers will be in. And uh, Manly... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Penrith, as we said, they got Manly a couple of weeks ago, the Panthers, but Manly's starting to build nicely. Penrith probably going to have a few players back on deck, so should be a good game. Sunday, Eels and Storm, 28 to 10. I thought this was, a, this was an even contest, really. Parramatta were in it for the first half. Uh, you know, they fought, they hung in. But at the end of the day, Melbourne just do... No, I thought Melbourne were a bit off. I, didn't, I never really felt like Parramatta were going to win that game. I've got to be honest. Yeah, well, I didn't think they were going to win, but I just felt simply, when you get down to the basics of it, I didn't think Melbourne were that great either. But when you complete at 80-plus no, I mean. percent to 50, um, you know, they gave away a lot more penalties. Melbourne kicked a lot better. Just did the basics right. When it comes down to the little things that get you across the line, uh, Melbourne pretty much just went through the motions. Yep. Well, Billy Slater was the one that really stood out. Grabbed uh, two tries. He now owns the record for the most tries for an individual at one club. 
overtook Ken Irvine, who well, had yeah. 170... Because Beaver Menzies' tries at Northern Eagles aren't recognised as manly. I don't know. That's the technicality, but yeah. But he's close to overtaking. He'd be, be close to Beaver. He's only seven off Beaver anyway, so he's going to take Beaver's record. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's going to play for yeah. But uh, Ken Irvine had 171 tries in 176 games at North, so I think Billy's got 173 now hmm. for the Storm individually. So a uh, great milestone there for him. I didn't think Cronk was that good again, but I was really impressed by Green, as I have been Green all year. Good. Green Smith, really I thought good. Smith was really good. Mm. Slater was good. So um, Forwards, as always, only concern for them, I suppose, coming out of this one. They had a couple of forwards injured, and Taylor Harris didn't finish the game. He went off with 20 to go with an ankle problem. So yeah. um, One thing they can't really afford is depth. Uh, we've seen Felice and Nelson, a couple of these guys have been good, but they don't have a lot of depth to fall back on if they start to lose a couple. So yeah. uh, wait to see. What's going on with uh, Tohu Harris? But on the Parramatta side of things, I don't know what you what you really do or well, something. He's just I've just got the team news. He's dropped Sandow and Joseph Paulo, and he's Tepo Morrow is going to start this week. So, so what's Sandow gone completely? Gone, cut. Luke Kelly to yeah. seven. Oh wow! Oh big time. Yeah, well, I must say, I watched him play in the Warriors. So. I don't know how he's been going in cups since the last time I commentated, but the game I watched, he had an absolute barry a couple of weeks ago. He was throwing cutout passes out the back. He threw a couple over the sideline in the fence, and I was just like, "Well, that's." Uh, I, I think this might just be a simple poke at Chrissy's hand here. I think Corey Norman's been good. Corey Norman's been good, no uh, doubt about it. So if if Kelly can come in and just do a simple job, it might work. Hopper was solid on the weekend. Um, there's yeah. there's a couple of little bits that are working for him. I think Pizza's trying his backside off as he always does, but um, I think they just need a bit more impact. I, I don't know if Paulie Paulie. He's injured. I saw him there as 18th man the other week. I think when they need Paulo back, they need Paulie Paulie to be in there around. Some big bodies. Mau, they need Maroa. David Gower, yeah, I know they've got big graphs on him. They like the black, but I wouldn't have him in there. They need um, they need Watmo to step up and be the leader of that forward pack as well. Get the ball on your arm. Get going forward. Um, it seems at the moment he's just a little bit sideways and a little bit offloady. And... He's, he's having big problems, isn't he? He's really yeah. struggling. I tell you, the one that's been leading from the front is Danny Wicks. He's been good. He's been, he was brilliant again on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, some shake-up there. Uh, Melbourne, they get the Rabbitohs this week. Uh, obviously, Sutton Reynolds out to uh, probably be a big help to them, but they've got a few injury concerns of their own as far as the bench depth and now Harris. So have to see if uh, those three or four blokes are on injury clouds play. Uh, that's down in Melbourne, so that's a big tick for them. Paramount play the Warriors at Pertec. Got a good record against them, but I think I'll be leaning towards the Warriors mm. in this one. But the round finished off. Speaking of South, they got a win. First one after four losses in a row, 16-10 to over the Dragons. And I think the only way to sum this up, Reynolds comes back. You see the importance of his kicking game, mm. the importance of his control. Uh, he benched Luke. bit surprising. Uh, McInnes played pretty well, but I thought they were better when Luke came I think, on. Don't you think we're reading a bit too much into the Luke thing? Not really. I, don't, I think we are massively. I, he, he had an injured elbow, so he started the younger kid. I, well, if yeah, he's got I, an injured elbow, just don't play him all together if he's injured. I don't see why you got to bench him. A lot of them play injured. Adam well, Reynolds had, if, um, Adam if, Reynolds had if enough strapping. If he hadn't signed at the Warriors, we wouldn't be, be talking about it. I know, that's what I'm saying, though. So, so you can't really say it's just because of an injury. It's definitely got something no, to do with the No, I, I think it definitely has something to do with the injury. But I think this was a, a prime example, again, Dragons stout in defence, but a lack of points. They were in the red, uh, the green zone, good ball plenty of times. The Dragons? Yeah. They had their chance. Lots of offloads, but there's nothing cooking, really. I was saying that to Dad last night. There's a lot of useless offloads. Like They're getting the ball free. They're continuing the play. But well, there's no punch. There's just nothing getting good across. Ball, there's the no punch. No. Nah. And there's not really a great plan either. I'm mm-hmm. working off those offloads. And I've said that as well. A few people said they're either the top offloaders the last couple of years. Well, yeah, it didn't yeah. transition to points. No. 
good offloads, you know, like when Corey Parker bust went out for the Broncos, you make meterage off it or a line break, different story. If you're just popping it out flat and you're getting back to the ad line or wherever the ball was and you haven't advanced it, well, you know. Well, it seems to me like they're wasted having Cooper and DeBell in the middle in good ball. They should have them on the edges getting good play the balls for them so they can shift. Well, they've already got Frizzell and Thompson on the edges. So. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. They're not generating a lot of ruck speed in good ball. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So, mm. Well, they need to change something. South, that was a good win. I thought well, they, they clunked their way south, so they weren't really convincing to me. Nah, but you get... But Reynolds, I like Reynolds, Reynolds' kicking game was a difference. Yeah, it was a massive difference. But you get Sutton and him back after long breaks. You get a new number nine in there. There's a couple of blokes. Like Dylan Walker's still been struggling since he's got back. There's a lot of well, blokes there. I thought he was good last night, Walker. A lot of blokes there that are, that are a bit clunky at the moment, and they've had a rough run to start the year. But I, I thought the biggest thing for them was the, the big Georgie in the middle. I thought they were good. Grevesmore, before he got KO'd, I thought was really, really good. Uh, I thought they offered some real good punch. And like you said, the kicking game that's been missing really really made a difference last night. And they're going to miss him if he's going to be out for uh, four to six weeks with a busted thumb, yeah. as well as Sutton going out. So uh, that really does hurt them. Dragons, I don't really know uh, what, you, what you can do for the attack. I know, like you said, in, in particularly in good ball, they're struggling. I think everywhere else they're okay. Harvard's are controlling things, not too bad. But something definitely needs to change when they get in, uh, into that zone. Yeah, um, yeah, I, definitely nothing. Team wise, obviously they won five in a row prior, but something has to change. You can't win games all year or expect to go far in the finals, which they probably will be involved with with their defensive record. If you can only score two tries every game, see how they go this week. But um, yeah, they're going to play Canberra. The Raiders obviously got plenty of points. Them missing semi will that make a difference? We'll have to find out. And the Rabbitohs, they play the Storm. That should be a very good game. Pity a couple of those players are missing, but uh, looking forward to that one but that brings us to the end of the fast five and our reviews of the matches so next I'll be joined by Mr Gossip Uh, we'll give you the tips all the dirt from him and the odds for round 10 brought to you by WilliamHill.com now it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr Gossip After a couple of delays due to my incompetence on a very, very busy day, I am now joined by Mr. Gossip. <laughs> uh, mate, a few gremlins uh, tonight, but got through it. Mate, I, uh, it, it's been a big day. It's been a very big day. I, I look like a red balloon right now. I'm very, very, <laughs> very cooked. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, Mate, how quick's the season gone? We've got Origin just around the corner already. It's... Um... Wow, I can't believe how it quick it's gone. It's been absolutely lightning. Uh, touching on that subject before we get going, I suppose fullback man Brock declared today, and we have been for weeks and weeks. It's no argument. The fullback has to be Dugan, surely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the way he brought the ball back on Monday night against uh, the Bunnies was just was absolutely phenomenal. He's yeah, he, he, he's my number one, uh, barring injury. Of course, he doesn't mind the on injury Dugan, but um, yeah. Touched on that point, City Country. I think Tedesco cleaned up two uh, kicks, and there was a try there. Moylan just wasn't even at the back, and it's it's very small details. Like I think on the attacking side of things, he's brilliant, but uh, in big games, I think you're 100 percent right. Dugan's physicality, Dugan's positioning, just little things, and he's been there before. He has to be there. 
Um, the other question we both had, I think everyone's, or hopefully everyone's leaning the same way. We're hearing that Hodkinson and Pierce are, are the halves, but, um, you know, I think you, you have to go Maloney and Pierce, really, if you're going off form. I haven't made my mind up on the six and seven yet. Uh, give it a few more weeks, I think. But um, yeah, uh, consistency is the key, really, isn't it? But yeah, I guess if, if if you're Laurie Daly, you, you you've got to take something from last year's series, and that yeah, um, you know, experience is everything, and that's why obviously you, you picked Durgan because he's, he's he's been in Origin before, and he's one player's player for the Blues, so yeah, he's already he's definitely picked, but. It's hard, isn't it? It's, it's really hard because, like I said, I'd love to say we can back the uh, the incumbents, but they've just been terrible. And um, like people bag Pierce and Maloney, and that they love riding on it. But we've got to remember we've been beaten by a side that's potentially got five to six immortals and towed us up for eight or nine years. It wouldn't have mattered uh, who the halves were, really, when they were young right. and fresh. Like no, no one was going to beat them in their prime with that side, that back line, and when those forwards were a bit younger. Um, yeah. I think they're right for the picking, but yeah, like honestly, from my own opinion, if, if Adam Reynolds was healthy with his kicking game and they were willing to back Blake Austin, I, that that would be my pairing. But you know, re- realistically, you know that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, no, and, and, that'll that'll probably be uh, probably the future going forward for for New South Wales. Yeah, um, probably Reynolds and, and someone like Blake Austin. But for the now, um, yes. Yeah, and that's the hard thing, isn't it? Like, if you said form, they would be the two before Reynolds got hurt and the way Austin's playing, you look at it and go, bang, that's your halves. Um, If you're going off club pairings, like you said, we've got the incumbents, but realistically, the Roosters pairing are doing a lot better. And Maloney gets man of the match in city country as well as the fact that that left edge is possibly going to be Tupo, Jennings and Cordner, which are all his club mates, so... If he's looking yeah. for uh, you know a bit of connectivity, surely that puts Maloney almost in a driver's seat on the way he's been playing. But uh, I don't envy him. Let's put it that way. Uh, any way he goes, uh, I, I think we all have to back him. There's there's plenty of people with the knives out and, and whinging and bitching and moaning. But we won last year. We, we just have to back whoever they pick this year to hopefully get the job done again. Yeah, that's right. The only thing this year we've only got one game in New South Wales, which will hurt. Yeah, that does hurt. We need to win the first one. There's no doubt about that. Um, but kicking things off, buddy, you got. Oh well, we won't do the tipping. Sorry, what am I bloody on about? You gossip, mate. What's in the bag? What have we got? We got yeah. anything solid this week? Yeah, we've got a few things here, mate. We'll start with um, Michael Gordon from the Sharks. Now, he was very, very close to going to Parramatta for a mid-season swap. Um, the Sharks were very keen on getting Darcy Lussick, and the Eels were very keen on Michael Gordon. The deal was done. All was good. The deal was done by the coach. Um, but then the uh, Sharks front office found out about it in Kansas at the last minute. So um, Gordon will stay at Cronulla for the rest of the year, but will definitely leave um, for next season. Um, it, what a mess. Uh, Gordon even pulled out in protest on the weekend uh, before the game. So things not looking good at Cronulla, especially uh, with the coach Blanigan and, and, the bo- and the board in front of the house not talking with, with each other. Well, wow, that's, that's a big thing. Like we said, um, you know, they chased him when they supposedly weren't allowed to talk and gave him that new contract and he'd 
Um, obviously, marred a little bit by the peptide scandal, but he had done a lot of work previously, getting the gym, raising money, these sorts of things. But, uh, yeah, new blood always breeds new relationships, and uh, it's definitely not a good thing if the players are on Flanagan's side, which seems to be the case or has been the last few years, and this new board isn't. That's definitely going to create some problems, and, and that's the worst thing, and we've said this about that manly job. If you're a coach and you have no say in recruitment or any decisions there, you basically got a poison chalice. It's a matter of time. The CEO at the start of the year asked for transparency through the club, and Flanagan just hasn't followed that model. It's, it's just, it's dumb, it's stupid, and it's it's typical of Cronulla, really. Mm. Not good, not good at all, mate. What else is cooking? Uh, Justin Hodges, um, he's got a contract next year with the Broncos, but he's already talking about perhaps retiring uh, this year. Um, he said he's going to make a decision after Origin if he's going to play or not, but. Um, Look, I'm, I'm no fantastic player, no no athlete, but if, if you just as soon as you start thinking about retiring, I reckon that's the time to hang up the boots. But um, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, mate? My thoughts are he should, and it's a, it's a kind of a two-way thing. It's not that I don't think he's talented enough, but every year, the last couple of years, seems to work out the same way. Uh, he plays well when he's healthy, but he takes up a decent chunk of their cap, not a major part, but still a decent enough piece. Uh, he always seems to come healthy around origin time, which is all well and good. Um, but as far as the Brisbane side of things, I think they'd almost have to look at it from a business perspective like the Sharks are kind of looking at Gallon at the moment. You know, they got nine games, seven games and 13 games or something the last couple of years. So they're not really getting uh, full use and recurring hamstring injuries, the Achilles injury. He's definitely not getting any younger. He lost his Australian jersey. He definitely said this is going to be his last origin and then you look at the back line. Um, you know, Morant has been playing, but they've got Copy there, who's brilliantly defensively. Uh, they got a, seven kids the other week that played in that junior Kangaroos and Kiwis game. They need to make room somewhere. So I think that might also be in the back of his mind. And uh, if he retired, well, I'd rather see him go now than go a year too long because he's been an absolutely outstanding player. But, yeah, he, he never seems to finish a full season. So I, I think it would be good for both sides if he allowed Copley or one of these kids to come in and take a place permanently. And I tell you what, the way the Broncos are going, he could go out a champion. Yeah, and that's the thing. You, you never know. We saw uh, back in 06, I was left brokenhearted when Melbourne was said they were going to get the spoon and have that great year, and uh, Shane Webke got the send-off, and they had a very, very good team that year. If, if he did go down that way, oh, that, that's all the more reason to probably leave it uh, leave it be and let these young blokes come through. Yeah, yeah fair enough. All right, moving on to Jamal Idris from Penrith. There's been a few things in the media about um, Penrith um, granting him a release. I can tell you that Idris is not happy, um, not so much at Penrith, but just ha- <laughs> unhappy <laughs> in life, doesn't know what he wants. But um, I don't think there's many clubs that will be knocking down his door because if it is, he does sign with another club, I think it'll be four clubs in six years or something for Jamal. So yeah. not a great record for the young fella. Um, I don't know, I, don't, I don't, probably shouldn't really comment on what's going on between his ears, but whatever is going on, um, sounds like he needs some help. So, yeah, um, yeah leave it that, I guess. On that side of things, on with you, you, you never know. Um, I, I don't know to what extent uh, the mental issues or the, or the depression and the things he's spoken of, but what I do know, and very simply, again, looking at it from a football club perspective or anyone looking to sign him, last year I think he sat down with Josh Massoud and basically said football is uh, you know not the goal or not so much the priority or it's not what he wants to do. He wants to 
you know, travel the world and do this and do that and all these things. And I kind of thought for someone who, uh, you know, did both my knees, did my shoulder, busted my ass and absolutely wanted to really play, I, like I said, it's got nothing linked with the mental side of things. I, I can't comment there. But as someone that lived, breathed it and wanted to be a first-grade rugby league player, if you're getting close to half a million dollars and you're making comments like that in the paper, uh, as, as a club, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole and I wouldn't want you at my club. So, um, yeah, if, if, a bit of a... It, 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 I think you would have grown up well in the 60s. A bit of a, a, bit of a free spirit. And, um, yeah. And that, that, that's, that's just the thing. I think if another, if another club come knocking, sponsors jump at him. So, yeah. If you wanted a deal bad enough, I'm sure he could get it. Yeah. And like I said, I've got nothing against the bloke, but just on that side, I think um, the mental issues and then the comments like that, to me, even on that side of things, if he's not enjoying it, if he, I'm sure he's made a bit of money. It's not like he hasn't had two decent contracts. Um, go travel, be a free spirit, see you go. Maybe in a year or two he realises that he's got it pretty good and he wants to play. Maybe he don't, he, he won't come back. But um, just with comments like that, if, if I was a club, I just wouldn't be interested. In, um, yeah, I, I, Like I said, I can't comment on the mental side of things, but just from a football perspective, if you're not happy and, and the club's looking off late and there's other people out there, I, I think he's better off going off on his little journey and travelling and doing whatever he needs to do. And who knows, he might come back later on. He's still only 25 years old. Yeah, I think um, Phil Gould came out on the week and said that the club will do what's best for Jamal, so I think they've got his interest at heart, so, that, so that's good there. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Titans, Dave Taylor. Um, look, looks like he's going to go off the UK Super League. He, his manager's trying to fish around for deals here in the NRL, but no one seems to be interested. No one certainly is going to pay the money that yeah. he's currently on. So, um, look, today, Taylor, to go to UK Super League and the Titans... I'm hearing will more than likely take a punt at Darcy Lustig and Jesse Lustig and the Titans, and that should be announced hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, we kept hearing that, didn't we, because of uh, the link with Daly, Cherry Evans, and uh, no surprise there. I, I especially think they'll get a, a decrease as far as contract because he went to the para and they were saying 450, 500,000 and hasn't really lived up to the hype. So uh, they might get themselves a bit of a bargain there. They probably need somebody, you look at players like Matt White and a few of those blokes there, they definitely need a little bit of help in the middle um, Dave Taylor, like you said, not surprised I, I'm sure clubs would be interested, but definitely not at the price tag I can imagine somewhere being around 600000 or something ridiculous and um, just nowhere near consistent enough if you've been from Brisbane south, so now you're up there, he hasn't really been consistent at any single club maybe, you know, the Super League is the go for him, he'll get paid He'll be over there. He can play like a bastard. It won't really matter. But, um, yeah, on NRL terms and even Origin, you look, he had his third opportunity last year and uh, kind of let them down on that sense. I really don't see anyone investing uh, much like you're saying unless he's willing to take a big pay cut. Yeah, I don't think Titans fans would be too unhappy to see the back of him. Yeah, well, I know, I know Brock uh, would be very happy if Dave uh, was to move on. And, yeah, I'm sure everyone's had somebody at their club like that that they feel... Um, you know, hasn't quite lived up to the potential, and unfortunately, that that's kind of been his time up at the Gold Coast. Yeah. All right, mate. Still on the Titans, and the last point for the night: Nate Miles, um, very close to signing a deal with Manly. I'm hearing so that should be announced maybe around Origin time. Uh, but also, Greg Bird, he he's desperate to get out of the Gold Coast. Um, he's talking with a few clubs at the moment. Canberra seems to be one that keeps getting uh, mentioned around, obviously because of the link there with. Ricky Stewart, but um, I guess you know if he does get a Canberra, uh, where do you play him? 
Yeah, I don't, that's what I was about to say. I don't see the fit. Um, it seems like a luxury buy, even though I probably wouldn't buy Greg Bird at this point. Lock, they've got Fenson, who's only 25 years old. I wouldn't dethrone him. Papali plays on one edge. Soliola's on the other. That's probably the only thing I could see because he's a bit older. But again, uh, you know, he signed a two-year deal, so he's not going anywhere. And then you've got Kennedy on the bench. Vaughan there. Boydie's there. So there's not really a tight spot. Nua Salah. Uh, I really don't know where you'd fit him in. Uh, it, it, it doesn't seem to make sense to be making that kind of a buy. Um, you know, they've got a nine now. They've got back rowers. They've got Caesar coming. Whiten seems the answer at fullback. If anything, um, the one spot I thought they could use a bit of help in is maybe Centaur to pair somebody to help out Jared Croker. And, you know, I've heard about Leigh Lua supposedly going there, so I, I don't see where Greg Bird fits. Yeah, I, I, would, I would think that um, he'd probably fit more perhaps um, in the Newcastle yeah. structure there. That, that's, um, that's the one that I thought, uh, you know, being a local boy last year, there was a bit of talk about it. But um, if he's from there, and they're, they're, they're probably going to try and keep Jeremy Smith, I heard Rick Stone saying and whatnot. But if anything, losing Bo Scott, if they're looking for a similar kind of replacement, maybe Birdie's the kind of bloke to go there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. If, I, if I was Stoney, I'd, I'd be throwing everything I can at, at, at Bird. They, they definitely need something there. Um, yeah, no doubt about that. They've been uh, absolutely terrible. Four wins in a row, now five losses in a row. It's, it's very strange. Yeah. All done, mate? That's it, bro. That's it for tonight. All righty. Well, tips, perfect round, mate. Hit the nail on the head. Yes. Great times. <laughs> After I got a couple of back last week, you've just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I can't remember the last time. We got uh, full round on the podcast. Oh. Well, we have, but I can't remember now. Oh, mate, it's uh, few and far between. I know that much, but uh, that's <laughs> 34 you were on originally. You got the full round, so you're on 42. I only got the one wrong. It was unfortunately Newcastle. Again, you let me down. Come on, guys. Rick Stone, <laughs> sort it out, mate. Get the video going. Extra cardio. I don't care what it is, mate. Just flog them. Flog them until they learn how to win again. Um, 32 for me, plus 739, so you've got the three-point lead. We'll kick the tips off, and I've got the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. If you already had an account with SportingBet, it still exists with WilliamHill.com. But Friday night, kicking things off, we have the clash of the origin pairings, potentially. It's the Canterbury Bulldogs versus the Sydney Roosters at ANZ. Uh, Simply enough for me, I know James Graham's back. Um, They weren't too bad last week, but Reynolds is back as well. I prefer him buying the halves. I don't quite know what's going to happen there, but I'm going to go to the Roosters. I was super impressed with what I saw last week. Yeah, well, I, I thought you were going to go to the Bulldogs, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go to the Roosters <laughs> again. I, I thought they were very impressive um, against the Tigers, who were definitely up to the game. The Bulldogs just blown off the park. Um, yeah, the Bulldogs just they're too inconsistent um, this year. Uh, you, you know they've got it, got it in them, but it's just not putting it on the field, so I could go to the Chooks. Yeah, no doubt about that. The Dogs Outsiders, as you'd imagine, $2.35 for them. The Roosters, $1.60. The line is minus four for $1.91. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure about this. I think I'd be going the Roosters. Not 13+. plus. I'm sure they'll both fire up for each other in this one, given the occasion. So maybe Roosters 1-12 to at $3.10. But the second Friday night game, again, absolute blockbusters on Friday. We've got the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Brisbane Broncos. Two of the teams on top. Big brother 
versus Little Brother. Um, this one, I want to go the Cowboys so badly. Um, <laughs> I, I thought last week, I, was, I thought they might struggle without Tamalolo and Bolton, but Benny Spina did a pretty good job there off the bench. Brisbane, uh, a little bit clunky. Uh, Maguire's obviously out. Thido comes back in. I'm going to go the Cowboys, but something inside me really wants to tip the Broncos. Yeah, look, I'm going to go the Cowboys as well. Um, the Broncos, I didn't think, were all that flush against uh, Penrith last Friday. I think Penrith showed teams in that how to beat Brisbane. That's just to play it slow. Um, don't give their young forwards uh, space and, and energy, I guess. But, um, yeah, the Cowboys, they've got a big pack. So if they slow the game down and use just their, their bigger pack, I think they'll be too hard to beat. Um, and at home as well, too, Cowboys. So, um yeah, very yeah. big, very big when they play up at thirteen hundred smiles. But the bookies at William Hill have given North Queensland a dollar sixty-five favourite tag, two twenty-five if you like the Broncos. Minus three and a half is the line there at a dollar ninety-one. But Saturday, the first game, it is the Parramatta Eels at home to the New Zealand Warriors, and a host of changes: Chrissy Sandow, Joseph Paulo, David Gow out, Tepai Maroa is back in, Paulie Paulie back in, uh, Luke Kelly's playing halfback, so. Um, that, that's enough for me right there. I know that Manu's under an injury cloud and the Hurrell's out, but I'm going the Warriors. Yeah, going the Warriors and probably by 13 plus. Paramount just look disjointed. They look disorganised. Um, they, they don't play direct. Um, but they're, just, they're a shambles. Um, and you've got to go the Warriors, um, I guess, on current form. Geez, that was a good game against um, the Sharks in the weekend. I really enjoyed that. Oh, mate, that was absolutely brilliant, man. Brock having a few sherbies and, uh, yeah, that, 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 that Super Saturday in general, I, I really enjoyed. Even the, the Raiders smash-up, just purely because it reminded me uh, five, six years ago when Neil Henry was there and any time he went to Canberra, they played razzle-dazzle football and could put a score on people when Campo was at the peak of his powers. But, um, yeah, that, that Sharks-Warriors game was an absolute ripper. The bookies are with us. They've given the Warriors very rare favouritism. Uh, away from home, they're a dollar eighty-five. The Paramount Eels a dollar ninety-five. There's no line being offered for this one because it's probably very, very evens. Gossip, you lot the thirteen plus on the Warriors. You get three dollars sixty from William Hill on that one. So, bit of value there. But the second Saturday game is the Gold Coast Titans at home at Seabus Stadium versus the Sharkies. Uh, they're pretty much unchanged from last week's side. The Gold Coast Titans, Cronulla. They get back Gordon uh, and David Fafita. Oh, I don't know quite what to make of Gold Coast. I was really big on them before that break. The break obviously had somewhat of an effect on them. The Sharks lost two games that they easily could have won, and that, that can sometimes be as bad as getting beaten by 50. But uh, in this situation, I think I'm going to lean towards the Gold Coast purely because they're at home. Yeah, I think we're picking the same again every week these days. But look, I'm going to go to the Titans, and that's only because I can't, I can't pick. So I'm going the home team. Um, it's hard to read the form of both clubs. The Titans have been fairly competitive except for the, the, the thrashing they copped uh, last start in, I think, round two against Panthers. Other than those two games, they've, they've been fairly competitive. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? But I'll go to the Titans purely because they're at home. Yeah, well, they're dollar seventy favourites with WilliamHill.com. The Sharkies, $2.20, minus 2.5 is the line on that game. 
Um, yeah, I, I think this would be a one to twelve over the way. If you like the Titans, one to twelve, three dollars twenty-five. If you like the Sharks, one to twelve, three dollars eighty-five. And Saturday it wraps up with a blockbuster. Uh, it's the Melbourne Storm versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs down there at Melbourne and Amy Park. A little disappointing to see Reynolds get hurt first game back, and I see they've named Sutton. I'm not too sure uh, whether there's nothing wrong with the eye, but I, I was hearing detached retina, so uh, not not yet to uh, know about that. But if they're both missing, that's a bit of a dampener, really, on this game. Melbourne have a couple coming back from suspension, but Tohu Harris under an injury cloud, but at home and potentially missing those two, I'm, I'm definitely going to go Melbourne. Oh, you've got to go Melbourne. If you're going to beat Melbourne, you've got to have a solid kicking game. Without Reynolds, they've got nothing. So, you Melbourne. Melbourne should win this quite easily, I would think. Yeah, and the bookies' heavy favourites here, William Hill, $1.45 for the Storm, $2.80 for South Sydney, minus 6.5 is the line on that game. But Sunday kicks off. It's the Dragons at Wynn Stadium against the Canberra Raiders. Uh, they're unchanged from last week. Sammy Williams out, and he played 60 minutes with a collapse lung, the tough bugger. Um, I said this to Brock earlier, you usually think when you're on such a roll that one little change doesn't make a difference. But since Sam's been in there, it's been the perfect balance, hasn't it? He's really brought stability to Austin, let him play his game. Uh, he's kicked well. Everything's just kind of flowed nicely. So I think really this is Cornish's last opportunity to prove that he should be staying at Canberra or whether he should be leaving. Um, something tells me I should back the Dragons purely because they're at home and they defend like a machine. And I really do think they'll miss Sam, but... I'm going to go the green machine. After a win like that, they'll be absolutely sprightly, and I think they'll be dirty because they're the ones who started this roll on when they let the Dragons post 18 second-half points against them. So I'm going to back Cameron to get revenge. Yeah, well, I'm going to go the Dragons, uh, just purely looking at both clubs this year and, and their form. Dragons, obviously, a little bit more consistent than Canberra, and I think, I think the defence of the Dragons will probably get them home. Um, but, yeah, and no talk of hoodoos this time around. No, well, it's finally started to be a bit back and forth. The Dragons seem to have the upper hand in the last few games, but, um, yeah, no real streaks been going on the last few times they've met. But uh, the bookies are with you. The Dragons are heavy favourites, $1.52 down there at Wynn Stadium. The Canberra Raiders, $2.55. Minus 5.5 is the line. I think we can expect this one to be within the 1-12 to bracket. The Dragons struggle to score two to three tries per game, and I'm sure the Raiders will be tested here against a very stern defence. So $3.10 for the Dragons, 1-12, to $4.10 for the Raiders. Sunday again at Hunter Stadium, Newcastle, really, really scrounging for a win after five losses in a row. They come up against the West Tigers, who copped a bit of a bashing last week. Um, I just can't back a team that's in so such poor form after looking so dangerous at the start of the year, especially on the edges. They just can't find points. So I'm going to back the Tigers to bounce back. Yeah, I'm going to back the Tigers as well. I know the Knights have made a few few shuffle changes this weekend, but I think it's going to help. Um, they're just down in confidence and um, seem to be quite easily read in defence. But, um, yeah, going to the Tigers. They were disappointing against the Roosters, but I'm pretty sure they'll bounce back. Yeah, well, Newcastle are favourites. I think that's purely because they're at home. They're $1.74. The Tigers, $2.10. Minus 2.5 is the line there. I get a bit of an inkling that the Tigers might fire up here. I'm, I'm liking the 13-plus at $4.35, so I might take a piece of that. It's, uh, Monday night, we wrap things up. It's Manly versus the Panthers there at Brookvale. Penrith obviously got one over them when they were in very, very poor form. They've beat Melbourne. They've had a good win on the weekend. Stewart and Cherry Evans seem to have put their differences aside. 
the forward pack was brilliant. And um, obviously, Jamie Lyon, Hiku, Tafua back in. And, and this week, we see Matai back as well. So if their forward pack holds, I'll say this to Brock today, they're not the best forward pack, but if they do their job and give that back line those halves a chance, they'll beat most teams manly. Uh, Penrith, they get Seguiara back. I was hearing Fare, even though he wasn't named. Uh, Manu's in. Peachy's obviously out, suspended. Soured, more than these kind of guys. Um, I want to back Penrith. This is another one where I really want to back Penrith with the Chainers, but I'm going to back Manly because it's at Brookvale. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to go Penrith. Uh, Penrith have got a pretty good record at Brookvale. I almost beat Manly uh, last year. In fact, we're in front with about 30 seconds to go at Manly pit at the death. But, um, yeah, look, Seguiaro back is going to um, add, add another dimension to Penrith. And I think Sal would be better for the run last week. Um, but, yeah, it would be a lot closer than last time these teams met, when, as you said, Manly were down on form, but they've got a bit of confidence back now. But I think Penrith will be too strong, uh, too classy, too speedy, too quick for Manly. I think this will be a great game purely on exactly what you said. They were down on form now. They've got two good wins in a row. Uh, they've got a couple of players back. Penrith, tough showing last week. Tough win against the Sharks now. They've got a couple of players back. So uh, th- this is one of those games you would have been looking forward to at the start of the year. And Manly uh, at Brookvale, they are favourites with WilliamHill.com. $1.74. The Penny Panthers, they're $2.10. A line minus two and a half. One to twelve is probably your market here again. Manly three dollars twenty-five. Or sorry, three dollars thirty-five. The Penny Panthers one to twelve, three dollars seventy-five. But uh, what have we got here? We've got you're on the Dragons. I'm on the Raiders. You're on the Panthers. I'm on the Eagles. So two different this round champion. Uh, I don't know if either of us will be getting a perfect round this time around. Um, <laughs> That'd be nice. But oh, mate, I wish we could tip like that every week. This year we, we were both tip like bastards, to be honest. But. Um, it's been one of those years. There's still that massive log jam in the middle of the ladder. Um, the NRL, it's unpredictable and it's an absolutely outstanding comp. The best one in Australia, no doubt about it. That's why we love it so much, brother. 100%, mate. Best of luck to you all, Penny Panthers. Hopefully the Melbourne Storm get a win for me and hopefully Brocky doesn't have to cry tears while drinking Peronis after the Titans. Hopefully they can do him a job this weekend and uh, enjoy your week, champion. You too, mate. Give my love to Brock. No worries, mate. Everybody. And a big thanks, as always, goes to Mr. Gossip. And if you want to catch up with him on Twitter, his handle is at NRL Gossip or on Facebook. Head up to the search bar, type in NRL Gossip, and his link is also on our page. Thank you to WilliamHill.com for the odds they provide there that we give you for our tips. It used to be known as SportingBet.com. If you had an account with SportingBet.com, it still exists now. It's just under the banner of WilliamHill.com. So remember, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, do it with WilliamHill.com. And our last sponsor, the NRL Profits. They can help you with your betting on the rugby league. So if you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in season 2014. The service includes quality betting recommendations for rugby league, including NRL and the Super League. So you get a bit of help there. The NRL Profits has a special offer to all listeners of the 5th and Last podcast. It's a 10% discount of all the Access All Profits packages. So visit nrlprofits.com forward slash 5th and Last to take advantage and profit with the profits. But uh, keep your eyes peeled for our Pick the Score competitions. We had a couple of winners this week. You win a free $100 bet thanks to williamhill.com. And a big thank you to them. Uh, We're doing our charity bets this year. We're on a bit of a roll at the moment. I've picked a winner. For the last five weeks in a row this week, I had the Warriors to win. Uh, we're up to about the $1,000 mark already, I think. So that's very, very good. And we've selected our charity 
for this year. We're going to donate the money to the Guide Dogs Association. Uh, previous years, last year, we donated to the Starlight Foundation for helping sick children. In our inaugural year of the podcast, we donated to the Shepherd Centre, which helps deaf children give a voice. So um, if you want to donate to any of those great causes, feel free. But yeah, this year, the charity we have selected to give the winnings to, thanks to WilliamHill.com, who give us our charity bets, is the Guide Dog Association. So uh, a very, very good cause. But for now, you've got everything. You've got your Fast Five. You've had the reviews, gossip, the tips, the odds from WilliamHill.com. The only thing to do now is fight through the 9 to 5, get to Friday, and enjoy your week, and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.